Good morning, everybody. How are you feeling? I was just sharing with the earlier service how I talked too much last night to too many people, and I thought I was losing my voice. So I'm glad that I can still talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, thank you, Belinda, for, for reading. I mean, doesn't it sound very severe? Like, I tell you, unless your righteousness goes beyond that of the experts in the law and the, right, and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Does it sound severe, you think? Yeah. Well, we'll have, I'll touch on this later. I'll, I'll make sure I touch on this point before we end. Um, Oh, hello, people online. I did not forget you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you can join us. So um, we are on this series called Faith uh, Redefined. And Pastor Wade kicked us off last week with a very powerful and very moving sermon. Were you guys here? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he said that our faith has to grow. That if it's too static, it can fall apart. And he gave the analogy of a tall building. Let me find that slide for you. This one, do you remember this slide that he used? See, if you need a good foundation and so when the wind comes, it won't crumble. Now, the wind can take many, many forms, okay? But sometimes it can be in the form of Bible passages that will suggest that God is an inconsistent God and His character cannot be trusted. So Pastor Wei gave us an illustration from Exodus chapter 34 on the tension of a loving God punishing the sins of parents to the third and the fourth generation. And he showed us that we can learn how to make sense of the quote-unquote inconsistency by learning how to read the Bible well. And he gave us one tool last week. And the tool is, what did it mean? Ask the question, what did it mean to the original audience? When looking at a Bible passage, it's important to take into account its historical and cultural context. Um, before we try to discern its significance for us. And today I'm going to look at another quote-unquote inconsistency and I'm going to introduce another tool to help us read the Bible better. Now, I know I'm like repeating myself. Sometimes I do that uh, just because it's important. Um, Pastor Wei stressed on the importance last week, but this week I also want to do that. Okay, so when it's important to read the Bible well, okay, not just reading the Bible a lot, or memorizing many, many verses, and those are very important, and I think you should continue to do that. But it's important to learn to read it well. Read it faithfully. It means that we do not come to the Bible without agendas and look for ways to fit the Bible verses into what we already think, or, you know, but it's to come and let the Word shape us. Does that make sense? Okay, okay so here's a picture for you. It's, from, it's a cartoon from Dr. Craig Keener. It says, I don't know if you can see it, but it says, um, that's not what I meant. The other person says, well, what matters is what I think you are, you're saying means. You know, so I think it's very important for us to learn how to listen to what God really wants to say. Let us pray. God, I pray. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm aware that uh, today, um, yeah, be bringing something that could be fresh and new um, to some of us. And God, I pray, God, where my words are not enough, um, you will fill whatever that's lacking. Because you know what each person hears and what each person needs. 
Um, so, Lord, I really just pray for an empowering um, to let your word um, do what it's supposed to do. Amen. Okay, so what is this? Guess? Ji Hong. It means pig's blood. I know, you. Um, <laughs> but actually, um, I, I, when I was little, I ate pig's blood. Okay, like in, in jelly forms. Okay, do not judge me. Do not judge me. Um, without knowing what they were, okay. Um, but then when I became a Christian, people said to me like, hey, you cannot eat that anymore. Because, why? Because Leviticus says, you must not eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is this blood. Anyone who eats it must be cut off. Sounds so serious, right? You know, but so which means, um, okay, who likes um, black pudding here? Do you know what that is? Oh, oh, you do, any? Oh, wow, oh, wow okay. Um, and how about Korean blood sausages, sunde? Yep, I see some hands. <laughs> do not worry. <laughs> so, um, right, so, I mean, I don't eat those things, but I do love a good rare steak. And so I wonder if this would include that. And the last service, Pastor Wei was like, no, no, of course not. We, I, you know, we were talking about not coming to the Word with our agenda. But anyways, um, so anyways, so later on, some other Christians said to me, ah, don't worry, Brenda. That was in the Old Testament. It doesn't apply anymore. Ah, I see. Well, if that's the case, then I was wondering, then why do I have to keep the Sabbath? And... Ties, you know, they were all like they're all under the same body of teachings and laws, you know. So why do I have to do that? I'm no longer under the old covenant, right? And Hebrews chapter 8 says that I'm under the new covenant. But wait, there is this part in the New Testament in Acts 15 that says that the Jerusalem Council says that Gentiles have to abstain from blood. You cannot eat stuff like that. So which one do I follow? Which one is biblical? You know, we love that word, right? Biblical. Because they're all from the Bible. So which one do I follow? Ah, so maybe I follow Jesus because he's, you know, Jesus. And he said that he not, did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, which is a shorthand way of referring to the Old Testament. Have I confused you? I know some of you are probably still wondering, okay, wait, so can I eat that black pudding or not? So can I eat that Korean sausages or not? But do you see why it is actually very problematic to, to base our convictions on a verse here and a verse there? Do you see that? It's, yeah, it's like a battle of Bible verses, right? I dish this out and you come with the other ones. So, what, so does that mean that the Bible is inconsistent? And does it mean then the God of the Bible is inconsistent. Can we trust this God? Now, this also touches on the, on the bigger issue of the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay, and it's one that has tripped many people up over the years. So there's this person I know, not personally, just through a friend who became a Christian after reading about the loving Jesus in the Bible, in the New Testament, and after that, then he learned how to do his quiet time, like all of us here, right? We learn how to do our quiet time. So we begin to read the Bible, and then he read the Bible, and he read the Old Testament. And he was shocked by what he read in the Old Testament. And he struggled to see how the Old Testament God could be the same God as the God of the New Testament. See, it's like the Old Testament God is racist God 
who place favorites, you know, Israel, my special people. And the New Testament God is really nice, includes everybody. And the Old Testament God is full of wrath, and the New Testament God is loving. You know, and his faith was really, really tested. Do you remember the analogy I started out with, the tall building, actually it's waste analogy? Um, so for him, it was like a typhoon tent had hit. You know, it's like, whoa, do I really want to believe in this anymore? Whoa, can I trust the Bible? So how can we make better sense of this? This Old Testament, New Testament thing, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Does the New Covenant mean that everything in the Old Testament doesn't really apply? Does it mean that? I just want a show of hands. How many of you have actually struggled with that or just have questions? I, I'm just curious. Okay, I, I, see, I, feel, I see a few hands. Right. Um, but this is actually really important, not just because it determines whether I can eat my rare steak, okay? It has got other implications. Um, and, and the interpretive tool that I'm going to use today is know the big story of the Bible. So, um, you know, like um, Belinda read uh, the Matthew passage for us today, right? But, it, but what does that really mean? You know, like if you just look at it in isolation, it's like you're, you come in to, the, to installment two of Lord of the Rings. You know Lord of the Rings, everybody? Say so one, two, three, you come in in two, you're thinking, okay, where are we going again? Oh, okay, why are we going there? And why are the characters like this? So, right, so you need some context. And so we need to, the, the, the narrative, the grand narrative of the biblical story to help us make sense. But I have to be honest with you, okay? I, I really, really debated whether I should try to do this in 25 minutes, in a 25-minute sermon. Um, and to be clear, I was given 20. Um, but I, I just feel like it's really, really important um, to do this. Um, but I just want to set you up uh, for it, okay? So you don't have to get everything. That's not the point. The point is to make you aware of the bigger picture so you know that what you see in the Bible, in that passage, is not the only thing that matters, that you need to look at the, the other stuff. So, yeah. Um, you guys okay with that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you can't wait. I know you just can't wait to the part that I say, yes, your rare stick is okay. Um, but I have to say that if you're a new believer, if you're relatively young in the faith, you may struggle with some of this. But do not worry. Number one, come and ask me any questions you have. I'll be very happy to answer them. Number two, actually going to read the Bible after you've seen the, the, over, the ark is actually more helpful for you. Okay? So in a nutshell, the big story of the Bible goes from creation to new creation. But you know what? Not, but we like to shrink it. And what do I mean by that? You know, we often talk about the four first, right? How did you become a Christian? How do you share Christianity with other people? Hey, do you know you have sin? And you will have judgment and you need a saviour. That's all very good, but it's a very, it's a shortened form of um, the story. Does it sound familiar? Yeah? Okay. So, but the story begins from the beginning, which is creation, and it goes all the way to new creation, the new heaven and new earth, at the end of Revelation. So, um, yeah, so we're going to do this and it's really important um, that you stay with me um, in the next perhaps 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, guys, of stuff. Um, and then um, to help you understand why, or how, how we can think about the relevance of the Old Testament to the New Testament 
And more importantly, how you can see that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament, who is the God of all of history and whose character does not change over all of history. All right, so I wanted to make it easier for you to follow. I was thinking, I was trying to be creative with all kinds of ways, you know, and so um, I, just, I just have to say this so you can. So I decided to draw you a chart, hand-drawn, uh, hand handwritten. But dear Haley. I gave it to her. Um, for, I wanted her to just put this onto the, the, you know, the slide just like that. But she decided that it would not serve you well. And so she did this. Yeah, you're going to see this. Now, um, first of all, I know it's very tempting to be, like, to be wondering what all the little details are, okay? But let's, Let's take a moment and not look at all the little details first, okay? Let's just take note that creation is where we begin the story and where God had a purpose for His world. And in this world, before the fall, people love each other, right? And people love God. And everybody comes together and take and, and like steward God's resources. No one thinks like, I have more than yours, yours, you, know, you have more than mine, or I claim yours. So, and Sabbath was instituted right in the beginning, so it was ordered. Now, when you go to the, the, the second part, and we all know that we call it the fall, and there was chaos, right? I mean, you see how we people hate each other, people want to kill each other, people cover, and people become greedy. And so God had a plan very early on to make sure that we can go from here back to the new creation, which reflects His intention here. Yeah, okay, I'm going to take a moment and ask you, does that make sense? Okay, so then the plan has many parts, okay? The plan has um, Abraham. Um, Abraham, um, God called Abraham out and say, through your descendant, um, the, the world will be saved. You will bless the world. And then after Abraham, from Abraham's descendants, God called Israel and made them a people unto himself. And God said, you're set apart for me, okay? You're set apart for me, you're different. But in order to set them apart, you need some, some things, you know, to, to make them look different. Not only will they do things differently, they will also act differently and they will eat differently and that's when you have the food laws. You know, you can't eat pork, you need clean and unclean. Those things are to separate them, okay? And of course, through Israel, then we came David and Jesus came from David's line. And so that is the plan that God has from the very beginning to take us back from here over there. Okay, I'm just going to give you a moment to absorb. Okay, then we come back to this part here. This is what we are really looking at today, okay? So the things that, um, that Israel had to do, you know, it... It's what we call the law, and Pastor Wade talked about it last week. So it comes from the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. Now, what, what can you find inside? You know, when we talk about the laws and Torah, what can you actually find inside? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, rules and regulations. Yeah, some, uh, sometimes some people call it teachings, and it's kind of wisdom, like uh, Pastor Wade said. That basically is, you know, you find things like you cannot kill people, you cannot covet, you 
you know, you have to, um, you know, do certain things, you know, the sacrificial laws, you know, to take away your sins. And then there are actually laws inside there to accommodate human fallenness. And this is very important because I'll tell you why, okay? You know, in, in this part of, in the Torah, you can find laws relating to how you treat slaves. And people take that provision and they say, ah, see, God is for slavery. But his, that regulation is really to accommodate, you know, what is already fallen and to make it better, but not ideal yet. Ideal would be all the way to the new creation. And of course, um, there are laws to mark Israel as different. Like I said just now, you know, what you can eat, what you can't eat. This is how you kill animal, whether you can drink blood, eat blood or not. Um, Sabbath as well. Like if you don't, like the way you practice Sabbath, it has also become very important. But see, what I want to say is that the Torah, everything here, right, um, actually is pointing towards Jesus coming. It's waiting for Jesus to come. And that's when the new, te- the new covenant um, will, will come in. Okay, and why is this important? This is important because you know, the question about how much of the Old Testament um, rules and regulations or laws and teachings is relevant in the New Covenant, there um, is a yes and no answer. Some will go over, some will not. So here, can you eat blood? Can you eat your sausages? Then there's a question. Um, tithing, do I tithe here? That's another question. Tithing is not found in the New Testament. And... Yeah, and I mean, there are other, like if you read through the Bible, you'll see other um, things that will make you think like, oh, this sounds, this seems a little weird. I wonder what this is like. I wonder whether I have to do this in the New Testament, in the New Covenant time. I'm pausing now to, you okay? Okay. So, um, the, the, the thing is, um, with... With the Torah, I mean, because it's temporary, right? Um, we want to find out what goes over there. And one of the best ways to do that is to look at what is over there, the new creation. What is God's plan for creation? So I'll give you an example, okay? So the sacrificial laws, you know, you need to uh, have your sacrifice done in a certain way. Do you think that goes over to the new covenant? Okay, I see many people shake. Yeah, no, because Jesus took away once and for all all our sins. So you don't need the sacrificial laws anymore. So that part of the Old Testament laws is no longer relevant. Now, how about um, circumcision and the food laws? Do you think it go over? Yeah, so uh, no, because... Jesus came to make the Jews and the non-Jews one family, right? So you don't, you, when after Jesus came, you no longer need the food laws and, the, and, and circumcision to define that special people of God. Who is the special people of God now? Do you know? The church. And... No, and then there is this thing about, um, oh, so wait, let me, let me stop there. 
So it means, yes, you can eat the foods you want. Now, you know, um, tithing, you know, many people have wondered, like, do we tithe here? And of course, then, you know, it, we get into all the nitty gritties, right? Do we tithe 10% or 15% or 20%? Do we do it before tax, after tax? You know, there's just so many ways, you know, that we can get very caught up with it. But you see, we forget, oh, like, that, because it's very easy to do this. Okay, God, here's your 10%. Ah, what do I do with the rest of my money? But what is reality is that everything belongs to God, just like the beginning, you know, and we are stewards of those money. So instead of asking that, and we have the Holy Spirit now, we, we ask, hey, Holy Spirit, what would you want me to do? You know, I made a lot of money from this deal. What would you want me to do with it? Or recently I was just talking to someone who lost a job. I was really struggling to pay bills. And this person said to me, Pastor Brenda, I feel so awful. I haven't been able to tithe for the last six months. I feel condemned. I feel like God's really unhappy with me. What do you think God will say to that? I think it also speaks to, into how we sometimes hold each other accountable in a very, in a perhaps less than healthy way, right? Hey, have you done this? Hey, have you done that? I have experienced that. I don't know if you have experienced that. Have you sometimes? Yeah. So anyways, here are just some examples that I wanted to show you because I, can't, I don't have time to work through everything for you, but I would encourage you to go back, read, your, read again your Old Testament, some of the stuff they have questioned with. Uh, come back to this grid and, and ask that question. Like, what would, it, what, would, what would help me to discern whether the Old Testament laws um, continue to the new covenant. Obviously, things like love God and love neighbor, of course, is part of that, right? Because that's part of God's creative intent. So, three, three, I'll summarize for you three points, okay? Like I said, you don't have to get everything there, but know that when you read the Old Testament and the Old Testament laws, do it in the context of a much bigger picture, Okay? And secondly, when you discern what the Old Testament law, whether it is um, relevant, quote-unquote, to you, you ask, how does this fit in with God's intention for His creation? And most importantly, know that, do you see that bit there that says biblical story changes through time? But you see, so, so, so the biblical story moves along. It morphs and it changes and it's still changing. But God's character does not change through time. I w- and that's very, very important because sometimes when we go through hard things in life or we see things in the world that just doesn't make sense, we begin to doubt if God is good. So biblical story changes through time, but God's character does not change through time. Now, I want you to think of your favorite, not your favorite, but the various characters in the Bible and the stories of their lives that are scattered along here. Do you see any perfect person there? Do you see people who are broken? Do you see people um, who have dreams that go unfulfilled? 
you see people with flaws, right? And they all pepper along this line. But you also see all kinds of political and social upheavals in the history of the Bible along this line. And yet you see a God that does not let any of those things thwart His love for you and His plan to bring you back to there. Are you like one of the characters in the Bible, you think? Because I am. I have many flaws. I have many disappointments in life. And do you have stories and longings like the characters in the Bible? And I do too. I mean, I've, if you have, okay, so I think if you have things that are messy in your life, you will have longings, okay? I have many things in my life that are very, very messy. And I still can't wait for those things to be redeemed. And I struggle like the characters in the Bible. And Shine Kids just now lifted up David. I mean, think of David. You've seen his highs and his lows. You know, our God works through and with all our flaws and defects. And you can trust Him to bring us there. God is in control. Do you trust this God? Do you trust this God to bring you home? Let me end with this. Some of you may know Irene. Irene Lee, she gave a testimony last night at camp, um, at a meeting, a church annual meeting. See, she has been struggling with cancer and lately, things have not been going well. And so, she's been reflecting on her life. And she said a few things that I thought would be a great end to this sermon. I experience what it's like to be with Jesus forever. And I'm not afraid. Death is not the end. Only the beginning. Our God is the best script writer of your life. There's always a happy ending. There's always a happy ending. Your story is work in progress. And God is still writing your script. And you can trust the one whose character does not change to finish that script of your story. Let us pray. God, I pray for each person here. God, you know, we, we all have our journeys and some of us here may just feel like, hey God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? Do you still love me? Hey God, can you use me? I'm so filled with flaws. Hey God, can you, can you show me where you are? I really need to be touched by you. God, wherever each one is at today, I pray that you'll meet them in the deepest places. And if anyone here um, has been wondering whether you're trustworthy because there's so many contradictions, seeming contradictions about you, God, I pray, Lord, that you'll bring discernment and wisdom to them. And God, I pray that we will continue to dig deep and to hunger for more of your word and not to be satisfied with what we have because there's always more of you to discover. There's always more of you to discern. For those of us who have been a Christian for a long time, Lord, sometimes it's harder for us. But Lord, I pray that we will be able to read your word afresh 
I pray for the Holy Spirit to empower every and each of those things as we look to you with a posture of humility. Amen.